Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Doesn't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast. Every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the 33rd time to see The Marvels. Stay tuned. We will recommend the film or not. Play a trailer and spoil it. We also talk about movie news of the week and stuff we've been watching throughout the week. We're the best movie podcast of all time is what I've been told by at least one person. Well, everyone better get on the same page with that person. Yeah, and I'm not going to say who that one person is. I'm not going to say it's self-proclaimed, but... <laughs> it, it totally is, though. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who's saying, man, I can't wait to listen to those guys again. And, you know. But we're, uh, Brad and I are finally joined by someone else. Corinne, welcome. Yeah, where the hell have you Hi, been? Hi, how's it going? Life, man. Sometimes it gets you. Yeah, life's too busy to talk for 40 minutes to friends. Ouch, well, Corinne. Very ouch. Well, that and also, I haven't been super thrilled with a lot of the movies that have come out recently, so... Well, how do you know if you haven't seen them? That's fair, but and at least lawyer. the marketing material and so <laughs> forth just hasn't been appealing to me. Well, maybe you should watch a movie about a banana. Sure. Because it's appealing. I don't know. Dude, that's a slippery uh, slope. <laughs> I was going for a really corny dad joke there, you know? And you did it. <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> See, I would have been on here sooner, but Dune Part 2 got moved. So, and now I'm in a feud with Warner Brothers over a whole bunch of other issues. So, David Zaslav can go fuck himself. Wait, you're in a feud with Warner Brothers? Do they know this? No, of course they don't. They don't give a shit about me. They don't give a shit about anything. Did what what has Warner Brothers done to you? Well, it wasn't to me personally, but, you know, just general crap to fellow artists, fellow writers and so forth, fellow creators. And, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into it in movie news, won't we, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't going to talk about Warner Brothers. you have something you want to share with the rest of the class or... Well, it was just that they uh, shelved that like Wiley Coyote versus Roadrunner movie. No, that was basically <laughs> finished already. The, you know, they'd done. They'd, they'd even done like the music for it and everything. And you know, other studios were interested in picking it up, and then they were like, "Nope, we're just going to shelve it and get a tax write-off." And this is the like what third time they've done this now. So. Fuck David Zaslav and the golden crested pillow he sleeps on. Man, I can just see the wily coyote holding up a sign that says "Yikes." It's just sad. I mean, like, what if it was like the studio's version of like maybe not actually Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, but what if it had been something akin to that, right? Like a movie you don't really have high expectations for going in, but then you watch it and you have a lot of fun. It's funny. It's got a lot of you know creative visuals and things, but. I guess we'll never know. Yep. I mean, it makes more sense for us to pay for it because they get a tax write-off from the United States government for shelving a $30 million movie. 
I agree with the folks online who say that the, anytime that happens, it should be considered public domain since the government, the people bought it. So, Yeah, but then you're really taking the money away from the artists. Well, at least we'd get to see it, which I feel bad for all the people who worked on that movie. And we're hoping to show clips and stuff in their, you know, their reels going forward for other projects. Now they can't do that. They can't resume build. I mean, what's John Cena going to do? Not John Cena. I'm talking about like the lower level people, you know, the artists, the composers, those sort of folks. You know, what what are they going to have to show on their reels now? It's just sad. But this is the state of the industry that we're in. Uh, it's probably because people like you don't go see movies in theaters. <laughs> hey, I went to see, I went to a movie theater this week. I'm going to go to another movie next weekend. I already got my tickets. This week on Real Nurse Podcast, we saw The Marvels. Brad, do you recommend The Marvels? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this felt like uh, an episode of the TV shows they've been doing. Um, it is fun. I did have fun watching it. But it's another one of those Marvel movies where they're just chasing a thing and trying to stop a world-destroying event. And there's not much... There's not a lot of development of like what the characters want themselves or who they are. Like The, the, the character building between the three leads is great, but it, the movie's so damn short. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun, but I'm just I'm just so baffled by this whole phase of what, where we're going with this. Corinne, do you recommend the Marvels? Um, I guess it kind of depends on what category of people you fall into. If you were a fan of the first Captain Marvel movie, I think you're going to enjoy it. If you're just an MCU fan in general, you might have fun. But if you don't really care about the MCU, then you're probably not gonna give you're probably not gonna care about the 33rd movie or project in this whole universe. So yeah, it, it, I agree with Brad. This is a very strange movie to have to recommend to people just because it is a little all over the place. Some parts of it are good and some parts of it are not so good. Uh, I think this movie is actually a lot of fun and I don't understand the discontent online. Well, I mean, I understand it, but um, because people are the worst. Um, I think it's a standalone film. Uh, it's easy to follow. Um, you know, you're just really following the the three leads. Uh, a lot of the fight scenes are really creative because of the predicament they're in. And it's it's just a fun movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. Here's the trailer for The Marvels. Carol Danvers, prodigal child of the Milky Way. Nick Fury. My favorite one-eyed man of intrigue. How goes it out there? Uh, you know, cold, no air, space. Captain Marvel. The Annihilator. You took everything from me. And now I'm returning the favor. What is happening to me? She's entangled our light-based powers. So we switch places whenever we use them. Strong theory. You can absorb light. I can see it. And Kamala. Who's Kamala? Hi. She can turn light into physical matter, which I have never heard of. I could totally show you. No! targeting every planet we call home. I would never choose to bring anybody into this. You are not the only thing standing between this and the universe. 
Oh my god, we're a team. The Marvels picks up at the end of Disney Plus's Ms. Marvel, where <laughs> Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel switch places due to a ripple in time, I guess. A rip in the time jump that causes them to, when they use their powers, to switch their places, which leads to a lot of predicaments for the women of the Marvels. Um, and we uh, learned that Captain Marvel and through her space journeys and why the Kree do not like her is because she basically destroyed their planets and made them uh, pla their planets dying. And they enlist the help of a Ronin the Destroyer type of villain named Darben. And she basically goes to other planets and steals her resources to provide for her planet. And she's looking for the other uh, bracelet that Ms. Marvel has. And she wants to steal the Earth's sun. And that's the basic outline of the plot of the Marvels. They must stop her. Um, I, I thought the movie was really creative in a lot of parts. Um I, I really like the world where everybody sings. Um, and it's kind that of a funny fun. little, little joke when the prince starts talking to him and Carol says that he's bilingual so he understands normal speak. <laughs> it's, uh, it's you know, what I liked about the film too is it felt a lot, it looked a lot different than the other Marvel movies. It was really bright. Um, the... Like I said, the powers between the leads were really fun. Um, Ms. Marvel, if you haven't watched the show on Disney+, Plus, is a really fun show. And uh, the young lady who plays Kamala Khan is great in this and the uh, the movie. So there's, there's good uh, launching points for people, I think. Uh, yeah. This is I where everybody else says something. <laughs> I thought Corinne was going to jump in, but uh, yeah, I was I, uh, waiting for Brad. Yeah, like I said, I I did have fun. Um, like the the whole cats uh, or Flurgan, I guess sequence set to cats, <laughs> the musical uh, was fantastic. Um, and yeah, yeah my uh, my theater was going crazy when that was going on. Yeah. Um, and that did was, you guys have a lot of people in your theaters? Because I think I had maybe 10 in mind, and I went Thursday night. I just came from it. There's like probably 30, 40. Uh, yeah, I saw it last night, and my theater was almost sold out. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, But uh, yeah, like um, the like the villain, like nothing against the actress, but... Uh, like I didn't feel oh, like yeah. they had... I don't think she was given a lot to do, honestly. Yeah, the whole like we've seen in the Marvel universe just the whole like I just don't understand why, you know, the Kree can just be like you know, we're like we're in a cosmic universe now. It it feels weird that they have to steal resources. It, I just feel like someone would have been like, Oh, this planet's dying, we should go help them, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was talking to my wife about this today. And I think just because the multiverse saga is so dense and there's so much going on in it that casual people are going to have a hard time embracing all of it. And there's so much world building that's associated with what they're doing that it puts these villains, you know, uh, for the most part, besides Spider-Man, No Way Home, where they're kind of on the sideline and... And I was actually telling Laura about this day because I mean I had a lot of fun with this movie, but I think what made the Infinity Saga so strong 
is it felt you were building towards something and you knew who Thanos was. Um, here, it feels like you're on a treadmill and you're just running and there, it doesn't seem to be a cohesion on what the end goal of this sprawling multiverse saga is. Yeah, like it all funneled into Thanos. Here it is like, yeah, we know we're getting to Kang, but they just keep introducing like even the end credits of this movie. I'm just, I'm just like, oh, cool. We got the X-Men, the new. No, it's the old X-Men. OK, and then who's like they're showing off the uniform of Monica's mother. But I'm like, I don't well, understand what this character is supposed to be. I'm the casual. Yeah, that's that's what sucks. That's a really deep cut in comics. That's binary. Who is basically another Captain Marvel-esque character. Super deep cut. But also not uh, Monica's mother? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's so convoluted now. Like, Yeah, and you know, I was, I was talking to Laura too, and, and, and you know, the Jonathan Major thing is a problem now with Kang. So, I mean, I guess you could have him be a different person because of the multiverse but but even that looks weird because they had that post credit scene where he was like his own variant you know they show other act yeah like it was his face just like mixed up a bunch of times when they should have just done a bunch of random people yeah you could explain away if it like majors not being every one of them I mean, I don't know how much is true in this Variety article, but I guess they were thinking about making Doctor Doom the new big bad, um, because obviously Jonathan Majors has way worse problems, and if what he did is true, then he can go fuck himself. So, um, I don't know. Um, well, R- Ryan, you would probably know this a lot better than I would, but I heard that so they're building up to secret wars along with the Kang dynasty. And as I understand, the original secret wars plotline involves Dr. Doom very, you know, he's like a big crucial part of the plot. Is he that sure right? is. He is. Yeah. He gets like beyond her powers or something. Yeah. Basically secret wars is a fight on a distant planet um, where it's people just, they're pitting heroes and villains against each other. Um, and that's where Spider-Man got his black costume. Cool. But yeah, I mean, the you know, the Marvels is, it's, it's so interesting that, um, you know, one of the things that is really irksome to me and this whole, I'm going to go back a few weeks about Killers of the Flower Moon being a $200 million movie. Um, you know, this, the weekend results for Captain Marvel right now, it's like 48 million or something. And they go, flop. That's a flop. And it's already almost made more money than Killers of the Flower Moon. And they cost almost identical. Um, and But they're willing to give Killers of the Flower Moon a pass. I think it's really bizarre that Hollywood is so against Marvel and how it makes you know all theaters money and things like that. I, I don't know. I just think it's so bizarre. Um, because in the same maybe, article of Variety... Maybe tired of you know they want something different and maybe it's just kind of this you know and i guess maybe anti-establishment sort of vibe of like we're tired of marvel and disney running everything so we want to see them go down i don't think that's everybody but i do think there is a portion of movie fans that are like that well the 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 movie fans are some of the worst people ever that's the ones that are driving the hate for this movie without even seeing it because it's a diverse cast led by female leads. I think it's, um, it's not cool. And in the same article, I think it might've been, I think it's righty too. It's saying, Oh, we don't know if killers of the flower moon is a flop, even though it's only made $50 million on $200 million because, uh, when it goes streaming, but you can't quantify money for streaming. And so, where people like Martin Scorsese and them say that Marvel is ruining movies, I think he is by making $200 million period pieces for streaming services. Or, um, you know, the other movies that are coming out, The Rebel Moon from Zack Snyder. You know, $400 million movies that are only available on streaming, I think are the actual down, downfall of movies, not Marvel. 
Well, streamers like Apple. Uh, Why not both? Their uh, business isn't even movies. Like it's just exactly a bonus they get to have. Uh, you know, the, the their real money's in tech, so they're like, yeah, and, and, it's I a mean, loss leader. Exactly. Apple doesn't care. Apple does not care. I mean, what's two hundred million dollars to Apple? That's like probably twenty dollars to you and me. You know. Mm. Yeah, so they can yeah. afford to take those risks, and I just wish they'd take uh, smaller, pay, uh, smaller budgeted risks on <laughs> more things rather than just like a huge one on a established director. I know, but I like I, I said, and I, I think Killers of Flower Moon is a good movie, but I don't know where the two hundred million dollars is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where's the two hundred million dollars? Um, well, for supposedly forty of that went to Leonardo DiCaprio just by himself. And I would imagine that Robert De Niro had a pretty big paycheck as well. Do you know when they filmed it, Ryan? Because I no. wonder how much of the budget went to like COVID stuff. Because I know that was one of the reasons that Indy Five was so inflated. That no, I, 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 no, I don't have an answer for that. But um, I, I just think it's super hypocritical, and um, I don't know. But Marvels is fun. I like Brie Larson a lot. <laughs> I have a theory right. that, you know, there hasn't been a Stan Lee cameo since No Way Home. Mm. Um, I'm get like with how his cameos, I think the movies are suffering. Yeah. I mean, maybe losing the heart is the heart of the films. So Disney fire up a CGI recreation of Stan Lee <laughs> with AI. Yep. Um, they start putting him in the background. No, and like I, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago to, you know, people keep on saying that, you know, the downfall of Marvel, but Guardians 3 made tons of money. People point to Love and Thunder um, that it wasn't, I mean, the movie isn't as good as Ragnarok, but it still made more money domestically than Ragnarok. So, I mean, sure, this the Marvels is a misfire, but um, I think the strike had a lot to play with it. And um, I don't know. I don't well, know. The bar is, you know, the bar is higher because of you know all the movies that have come before it, but also because of the budget problems with the reshoots, with you know the schedule being pushed back. So there was kind of a lot going against the movie, and by the time it came out, everybody was kind of like, "Can it even succeed? Can it even make its money back?" So, like I said, I do think there is a segment that wants to see this movie fail, whether they have their political agendas or whether they're just tired of Marvel. Um, I think that a lot of people are tired of Marvel, even without, you know, there being some kind of political heave-ho to it. You know, I like my mom, my sisters, I don't know if they were planning to see this movie. I didn't hear anything about it. But... I you know, I, think I think so. that the casual and, Marvel viewer just might be tired. Well, I, I think a big, this is an opinion of mine, um, that when you don't have the Iron Mans and the Captain Americas or the Spider-Mans or the Thors, I think it's going to hurt it anyways. Um, because what are the characters that we're really latching on to? And I'm not, I mean, I think Brie Larson is fine, but there's, there, they there were ramping a, up Captain Marvel to be the next Iron Man. Like her made her her first movie made a billion dollars. Well, yeah, yeah part of that was the timing. But still, yeah, you but, know, they they held her up as this like huge, you know, female superhero icon. Like everybody rallied around her, and now we're seeing there's not the same level of interest. I don't know if it's just because it's been too long or what. Oh, I, I think yeah. so. I think that might be the big one. I mean, it's been four years. The biggest dramatic turn for in this movie is being told that she's like a world annihilator and she has to struggle with like making a mistake. Like, and that's not even yeah, that was the focus really of the movie. Compelling. It's like a, a thread of the movie, which it should be the focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you don't yeah. have the emotional uh, buy-in with her, and you know, it's. And I think that's what hurts it, too. And I, I thought, uh, you know, when you look at um, Batman, Superman, I thought that was the biggest problem with 
the whole Snyder universe too, is the emotional buy-in is just not there. And where you, you, with Captain America, you know, he's a man out of time. With Batman, he's popular because you relate to him because he's not all-powerful and it's someone who's gone through tragedy and tries to better the world. Um, I mean, what, what's Captain Marvel? Um, I mean, I love Captain Marvel. I read her comic every month, but, um, you know, it's like Superman. You have to have some sort of connection. And, you know, Brad, you're right. The I think the biggest thing they missed in this film is not exploring her past and what she did while she was gone, you know, destroying worlds for quote unquote, the better yeah. and the hero's guilt that comes with it. Yeah. And there's totally room for it in this movie. Like it's yeah. so, sh- I, I, it moves so fast. Like there's not any, there's not a lot of those scenes where people just sit down and like talk through things. It's like, we got to go to this place. We're moving to this place. We're testing our powers over here. We're having fun. We're having fun. And there's just no emotional weight to anything. Yep. I agree. I was about to say the same thing that this feels like a very like Marvel was trying to play it as safe a bet as possible. And I don't know how much of that is on the studio and how much of that is on the director, Nia DaCosta. I know they did a ton of reshoots for this movie. So I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that maybe they did have more complexity. Maybe they did kind of delve deeper into some of these plot lines and conflicts. But Marvel was like, no, 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 no. Like, keep it light. Keep it breezy. Let's just like have fun, make this as low an entry bar as possible, because that was another thing that I agree with you, Brad, the villain felt super underdeveloped and just like not really compelling at all. But on the other hand, do we need that in this movie? (laughs) You know, it just was like bad guy is bad, bad guy is doing one of the worst things possible and destroying other planets and attempting to destroy the Earth, I think. Most of us can agree that's a bad thing. So yeah, it makes sense when you want to see the the superhero stop this person. Yeah, but... just like just like Kylo Ren. Um, I'm just saying. I think that there were other Marvel movies where the villains had more complexity. And it's like you could almost side with them. Like Killmonger is a great uh, example of that, where it's like his logic, or at least like his general goal is like almost admirable but the logic that he takes to get there is bad you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the way he goes about it yeah I, I literally feel like she could have just called up other plants said like hey we're dying over here if you throw some water some heat <laughs> and someone <laughs> probably would have stepped up but started tricking people into giving it up and yeah don't know why yeah i'm guessing there's probably more i mean obviously the Cree have a lot of issues because it's not just her um you know you have um ronan the the accuser and um he did everybody been dead a while now yeah but he also tried to i mean he tried to kill the nova Corps and annihilate planets and then you also had uh what the fuck is jude law's character's name i mean they just betray people yeah so i think uh I think people have a hard time trusting the Cree. Also, is Sam Jackson I don't going? Get it. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I don't understand why they all look so different. Some of them have like different color skin tones, and then some of them look like human. So, uh, because everybody is different. That. Everybody on Earth doesn't look the same, Corinne. Well, I know that, but some of them look more alien than. And then others look more human. Like Yon Rog, like he was just Jude Law with like eye contacts in. Yeah. But then Dreamy. the one guy was like purple. Is it is this like a makeup issue or is this something like from the comics that they're all different colors? Um, I think it's just like in on Earth, there is Europeans and there's Indians and there's Japanese. I mean, we're all different. Yeah, but in the it, comics, are they all different colors, Ryan? Um, I'm not a big cosmic comic guy, so I don't have an answer. Um, Ronan, the accuser, does not look like he does in the movies, if that helps. <laughs> Nor does Drax, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> 
Is Drax Cree? I guess I don't remember that. No, I'm just saying that they're not very comic accurate. Oh, okay. Is Sam Jackson doing okay health wise? Because yeah. it, it felt like he had to sit down for most of the movie. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. guy's like, what, almost 80? I, I, I mean, he he's uh, pretty good in Secret Invasion. Yeah. He's okay. running around and shooting people. I feel like I've been seeing him run around elsewhere, but in this movie, I just felt like he was always like, let me catch my breath. Hang on. I just need to take a take a sit. <laughs> he's just tired of this yeah, shit. He is 79. Or sorry, he's 74. Does Looks not good look for 74. So, I mean, he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but I mean, I mean, I'm just happy he's in the movie and he seems to be having a good time. I, I don't know where what Ryan was watching, but he looked like he was not having fun in Secret Invasion. But then again, I guess that's a whole different tone, but well, yeah, I'm not talking about having fun. I, I mean, he 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 runs around and shoots guns and stuff in Secret Invasion. Yeah, but he doesn't look like he's having a good time. Well, no, that movie, that show is super <laughs> depressing. I mean, they no, kill. I just meant like it feels like he's phoning it in. I don't know. He didn't seem like he was really trying in Secret Invasion. No. Anyways, the Marvels is fun. <laughs> What's the next um, Marvel movie on deck? Um, hey, funny thing I think that it's takes Deadpool us into three, right? Oh my gosh, I can't even <laughs> segue. He asked a question. I was trying to answer it. He was. I know. I said, and that takes us right into, and then you just talk over me. That was movie going news. to be a really good segue, Ryan. It was. It was. I was going to say, and movie news. It's real news. Well, funny, Brad, that you asked that question. Um, Corinne, tell me about it. (laughs) It's the only Marvel movie that is opening next year. They have delayed Captain America, New World Order, um, Thunderbolts, and what's the other one? I'm Wait, missing. isn't Blade. it Brave New World now or something? Yeah, so whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so Blade, Captain America 4, Thunderbolts, and I just said it. Um, Deadpool 3. They have been all. I'm sorry. Did I. Deadpool 3. Anyways, yeah. They all have. Deadpool 3 is the only Marvel movie next year. Which is opening in July, I believe. Yeah. So it sounds like they're taking a, a time to get their ducks back in a row because e- either give us Fantastic Four and X Men or, or or shore this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think part of it is they're just trying to figure out, you know, like the box office trends and everything, but also, you know, recovering from the strikes. Trying yeah, to, I really trying to figure out things from a business sense. Yeah, I think it's the strike thing that's really got them because I was reading an article uh, about it, and Deadpool three is half done uh, or a little more. Um, John Levy, the director, said, but they've edited and put all the special effects in for half of it, so it comes out May twenty fourth. So they should be okay there. And um, Cap four just started shooting. And Thunderbolts was going to start shooting. So there's no way in hell those movies will be ready. Um, so I think they're just going to roll with Deadpool. And um, so that means probably Secret Wars or the King Dynasty, whatever Avengers movie is first, is now going to be like two years later than it was supposed to. Um, so yeah, it's the big well, they got to figure is- out what they're doing with Kang anyway. So that probably works in their favor. I'm guessing that's another reason why they delayed them all because they got to see what's going on with Jonathan Majors Um, because Disney delayed, you know, the Mufasa movie and um, Snow White. Almost all their movies got delayed again. So um, I mean, unless they were like basically already done, they'd have to be delayed. Yeah. Well, I, I was, reading an interview with the director of Mufasa and there's no way they'd get that movie done. Um, it's basically just, you know, visual effects 
extravaganza. So, yep. I'm guessing it won't be the last ones because you, you Corinne mentioned at the top, Dune has already been delayed. Um, I think just else. till March, if I remember right. Yeah, just yeah. till this March. Just March because I'm guessing like all big movies, you know, it probably had two weeks of reshoots and they went on strike in July. Oh, no, I thought they... it was done. And I think mm-hmm. it was, was basically done and then they just pushed it because they didn't want they wanted something to have for 2024 because they knew the strikes were coming or they were already ongoing yep just you know one thing after another freaking strikes but hey the nanny got the AI situation Fixed. <laughs> I did. What was I did? What was the name of? I used to watch that show. The what? name of the guy there. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch it. I don't know who you're talking about. No. The name of the guy there. Yeah, the the, the employer of the nanny. They. They end up falling in love. I know. Shocked, aren't you? Shocked! <laughs> what an original premise for a sitcom. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's the time of the show where we talk about what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, welcome back. You want to regale us with stories of cinematic adventures you enjoyed? Sure. I'll just talk about um, one thing is I watched the new Justice League War World movie uh, last week. It was pretty fun. Uh, um, I get like I don't know how much I want to say about it because it might spoil some of the plot points of the movie. But there was this sequence that like initially I was like, oh, this kind of feels like a Twilight Zone episode. And then like it went a little further in and I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally a Twilight Zone episode. They're not just like doing this in the abstract, like they are literally paying homage to this right now. And it was beautifully done. I, I don't know if I highly what's, recommend what's it. What's the premise I guess, of that one? If you like maybe. DC, if you like those. Um, well, yeah, I don't know what I want to say. Cause again, you can't I guess tell me what it's the about? general premise is. Well, I can, but see the way that they present it is you almost don't know until the very end. But um, basically, some of your favorite DC characters get um, put into the War World concept. Ah, oh, spoilers! They have to, yeah, <laughs> they have to like fight their way through these challenges. Again, it, it, they they reveal so much of the plot at the very end. So you so can't I, tell me what happens at the beginning. You can't say like, I mean, "Well, I, Superman has been tasked with fighting a giant spider." You're not telling me on this movie, Corinne. I I think the way that they want to leave you in suspense, they want to leave you asking questions because when you watch the first like ten minutes, like, how did this character get here? What's going on? And then the first sequence plays out and you're like, okay, now what? And then you get the second character and they're doing their thing. And it's, yeah. And then at the very end, it all comes together. And it's like, this is what was really happening the whole time. So I guess spoilers for Justice League War World. But yeah, some of your favorite DC characters are trying to fight their way through some obstacles, but they don't even know what they're in the middle of because they may or may not have had their memories erased. <laughs> That's way more than just telling me that uh, until now, the Justice League has been a loose association of superpowered individuals. But when they're swept away to War World, a place of unending brutal gladiatorial combat, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman and others must somehow unite to form an unbeatable resistance able to lead an entire planet to freedom. All you had to say was them fighting uh, a bunch of people. That's it. 
That's it. That's all I wanted. But are they really fighting them? I mean, uh... well, you, well, you can see that's a more you saying it that way is more of a spoiler than you just telling me that they're on a world fighting each other. It's again, I don't want to say too much without yeah, so much of like the core of this movie is spoilers. So I can't say too much about it. You really should just go watch Justice League War World, Ryan. You will understand what I'm talking about. I hope so, because what you just told me makes absolutely no sense. and doesn't make me want to watch it. If you guys like DC characters, the DC universe, you will probably enjoy War, War World. I'm out. I had a lot of fun with it at, at the very end. Because the character sh- a character I really like shows up. And they do oh, not guessing Martian Man, They finally get to let him. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Um, but yeah, Martian they finally Man Hunter. let him show his full powers. She or loves Martian Manhunter, so that's who it Batman, is. Batman, Ryan. Hmm? <laughs> she loves Martian Manhunter, so it's John Jones. I that's like Booster Gold, too. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not Booster Gold. Nobody <laughs> likes Booster Gold. That's a lie. Hey, he has a really good Justice League Unlimited episode. You don't know yeah, a about, episode. He has like a moment in comics where you're like, oh, he's okay. The rest of the time, fuck him. <laughs> so I like when Harley Quinn beats the shit out of him in her comic. That's my favorite Booster Gold moment. Fair. <laughs> so I did, uh, I was telling Brad, he and I are talking about 2013 film explosion. I watched something, um, but we won't get into that until next weekend. Oh, cool. I mean, it's just like what you told me now. Even a movie that's 10 years old, you're going to be like, oh, this movie is about this one person, but I'm not going to tell you what this one person does because I don't want to spoil it. But it might all be in their mind and they might be mind warped. And uh, this one person shows up at the end. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I already know it's Martian Manhunter. You see, you've ruined it for me. I don't even need to watch the movie now. I need to watch it. You not wanting to spoil it has spoiled it for me. You should really watch it, Ryan, because the black and white sequence is so good. Nope, spoil it for me. I don't need to watch it. Zach's John definitely going to watch it. Gonna... <laughs> he's going to unleash his powers, and he's going to be the one who saves the Trinity, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. <laughs> Brad, what have you watched this week? Uh, A lot of... Uh old tv or like not movies and theaters um I, i've watched some insane stuff from the 80s <laughs> like um i don't know the bonfire of the vanities that is a weird movie Tom yeah. Hanks. did not realize that was a uh like a race related courtroom drama yep <laughs> totally thought it was like these two guys are climbing the corporate <laughs> ladder and uh, melanie like, griffith is gonna come between them it. Even the box art for it makes it seem like it's one of those um, drama comedies from the 80s. Yeah, um, it, it is kind of like the tone definitely doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it's it seems like serious dramatic material, but the Brian De Palma of all directors for this movie is trying to make it a little sillier. Um, yeah. Does he have a lot of uncomfortable shots on women's private parts? <laughs> Not in this one. Uh, oh, like, okay. That's like, a De Palma trademark. Melanie Griffith does have like a lingerie scene and like some raunchy dialogue. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's nothing like Carrie. Um, so yeah, that was a weird. Kill. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a weird movie. And then I also watched A Fish Called Wanda, which is a quote unquote classic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Not impressed. Yeah, <laughs> like I think the. Uh, heist part of it is really clever because each scene goes into each other in like a really creative way like everything they do instantly affects the next thing um but i feel like each of the characters are in different movies <laughs> uh yeah like john cleese is kind of doing like serious uh elevated comedy and then uh Kevin Klein feels like he's just throwing everything at the wall and being super weird uh, and mean. And then um, uh, Eric Idle, he's off on this other movie where he's like just doing slapstick, uh, trying to kill the uh, this old lady. 
Um, as you, as one would, as one would, and he ends up just killing the dogs instead. And um, yeah, a lot of that stuff hasn't like. I'm sure it was funny in 1980, but <laughs> has John Cleese always seemed like an old guy to you? Yeah, I was like looking at him because he he has a, <laughs> uh, like he looks like he's 60 in that movie, and I was like, yeah, no, I guess he, he was like he was in his 40s when he was doing Monty Python, I guess. <laughs> but even now, he still looks almost exactly the same. Yeah, he's looked the same for like the past twenty years for sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was clever in some places, like with the heist. You know, everyone kind of like double crossing each other and one up each other, and uh, things not going the way they want. But uh, everything else with like the love triangle and everything going on, meh. Um, and then I also watched Married to the Mob, which is a uh, oh geez, I haven't seen that forever. Yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, her husband Alec Baldwin is is in the mob, and he gets uh, killed by Barrowin. Barrowin. He gets killed <laughs> by his mob boss, I guess, who's trying to hide a crime. Um, and I think uh, the story with her getting out of the like trying to escape the mob and just trying to live, take her son and just live a normal life. Uh, in the city is great, but the part with like Matthew Modine, the FBI, and then uh, Dean Stockwell's mob boss, like I, all that. Yeah. I just don't didn't gel for me. Hmm. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. I remember renting it when it was on VHS. <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. Everything you just said. Sure. Yeah, I don't know how to like. They're so disjointed. Like, just the like the finale is uh, they go to this like honeymoon suite and like all the different factions show up and try to intervene and um yeah, like there's there's a lot of that like people have their guns drawn on people but they can't seem to shoot at close range and hit anybody. Um, yeah, and like uh, Matthew Modine's pretending to be like all these different characters to like spy on her and then like gets ends up going on a date with her and then like over one conversation falls in love with her and it's just like uh I'm not buying this setup mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah all like all three of those movies just have like weird vibes to, to me <laughs> like very not cohesive stuff and then uh, the last thing Real quick, because I watched the original Little Shop of Horrors from 1960. That's so, infamous for only taking, I think, three days to shoot or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, it's it's so weird, like watching <laughs> that movie without the musical aspect to it. Um, and then uh, Jack Nicholson's like nerdy, uh, like guy who loves pain. Obviously, Bill Murray played that part in the 80s version. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like is this skinny Jack Nicholson who's like kind of nerdy was just like such a 180 to watch um, after I just watched him in like the two Jakes in Chinatown and everything and in The Shining this year. So uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I do like the ending of this better though because like all the victims faces grow into the plant, which I think is way more badass. Yeah, it's um, it's totally it's, it is way different and or you know the 80s one is more of kind of a horror comedy yeah yeah this one's very much like a just a b-horror you know uh yeah and mushnick actually instigates a lot of the murders whereas in the 80s one he kind of gets eaten somewhere in the middle so yeah like he's the one who starts like oh I'm going to feed this guy to make the plant glow, grow and everything. And then, um, uh, Seymour's is kind of, you know, the guy who created it, but he's just, he's just trying to do his own thing. So. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've, I remember seeing it. I haven't seen it in so long. So yeah, that's what I watched. What'd you watch? Uh, just like last week, I, I've been playing a lot of video games. <laughs> But I did see a movie, Brad, that you've been talking about for years. Oh, sweet. When when I was at Telluride Horror Show, Vinegar Syndrome had a booth set up there. And all the movies were $20, no matter what movie you got. It could have been a 4K one, 
Um, the only ones that were more expensive were their like limited edition kind of. You when you got me that Roadhouse, they had some of those ones, and they were like thirty five dollars. Um, yeah, no, twenty is a great but, price for an arrow or a vinegar syndrome. Yeah, so um, I picked up on four K Ultra HD Miami connection. Nice, um, which I have never seen. Um, what, what's cool about the blue or this Ultra HD? Is that um, it has three cuts of the movie? <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> yeah, you watched and, all three. <laughs> uh, I watched two of them. And, oh wow! I've got the uh, whole... I've got the draft house one, and as far as I know, it has one cut. So you've seen more than me. Oh, it's, I'm a way bigger fan, and they have a whole extra bonus disc of just bonus features, which is cool because I didn't know that it was found. This guy from Draft House bought it off ebay a print because he's never heard of it (laughs) um and i mean i don't know how this movie didn't make money in the 80s Um, it is (laughs) fucking so great (laughs) bad great right (laughs) it's one of these movies uh uh, brett i I remember you describing it as not so i'm watching it and i go this movie is so bad but it's so bad in a way that it's really fun to watch if that makes any sense at all yeah um yeah i mean the opening is like ninjas that are chopping people's <laughs> arms off and everybody else has machine guns i mean i don't know <laughs> i think my favorite part is by the end they didn't have like an older actor to play the kid's father so they just took a younger guy and threw like a wig on him and yep. <laughs> dusted or, it up my favorite is the uh i guess he's the lead character in it who's an asian uh martial artist mm-hmm. and it seems like the director is saying like sounding out the words for him to say because <laughs> i don't know if he's, he even speaks english um because <laughs> every shot of him with dialogue is a really tight shot on his face and he says it in a cadence where he says no you leaving miami now <laughs> uh... i mean it, and dude, the music, fuck, bro. Dude, Dragon Sound, man. So we gotta, good. We gotta go to a concert sometime. And every time they would cut to the band, I'm like, wait, why is there a band here? And then <laughs> I just love the random acts of violence because they're talking about that band. And then it cuts to the guys saying, no, I wanted them here. Whatever. You owe me money. And then they all know karate and they're just, like, kicking each other's asses and. Uh, there's random fights in the middle of the street um yeah and then they fight in the jungle and like <laughs> yeah. just, like one of them dies i think like yep it's it's just hilarious that there's just you know, uh a band that like hangs out together like lives in the same house together and uh occasionally they fight crime i know and it's i it's it's um like i said it's not a good movie but it's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you watch it and you go, I can't believe this was made. And that someone bought a print of it off eBay and I'm watching it in 4K right now. It, it blew my mind. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. three for three now between New York Ninja and uh, uh, Psycho Goreman. I know, man. It's And you're, you know, you're finding these um, like ninja movies that are just... <laughs> I think I like New York Ninja a little more um, just because that one is like really silly. Um, yeah, they're pretty close for me, but they also have kind of the same story of like, they know, really do. Someone found it years later and f- kind of polished it up and put it back out there for people to find. Yeah, New York Ninja is more crazy though, because they didn't even have dialogue. Yeah. They <laughs> rewrote the movie they, basically. Yeah. They literally cut this movie together and made the dialogue. It's um, yeah, it's incredible. But, but yeah, hats off to Vinegar Syndrome for releasing a movie like that. Um, yeah, like I said, Miami I, Connection with three discs. You know, I think I have to buy that edition because. Sure. Um, yeah, I've just got the Draft House version. So, shit, I don't think they have it anymore. Really, I'm on the website right now trying to find it. Uh, if I, I mean, I mean, I could just go to that Aurora store, I guess, and see if they have it. Yeah, the archive might have it. Yeah. We should plan a day to go there together. We should. Let's have a play date. Yeah. Corinne, you want to go to the archive with us? Sure. Sounds like fun. Yeah. It'll have a lot of movies you like. 
in it, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, do you know what vinegar syndrome is, Corinne? Uh, I'm assuming it's like horror movies or just rated R stuff. Uh, no, it's like really schlocky. Stuff. <laughs> um, they do have some great movies every once in a while, but um, they really focus on um, exploit exploitation and I don't know, like forgotten movies, maybe. Brad, I don't know the best way to describe it. Yeah, just schlocky uh, movies are my favorite. Don't you know? Yeah, movies that are like um, just that need restoration, I guess. Um, cause yeah. vinegar syndrome is the process of like the film deteriorating. Yeah. And I was talking to the lady at the booth and she says that they do all their own, um, restorations. Yeah. Um, there's, um, there's another one they have called night screams, which is, uh, a friend of mine ha- is actually in, um, they hmm. were, they were, she was an actress in it in the eighties and they just released it. So it's a, it's a horror movie. Nice. I know. I, I still haven't watched. I did pick up the uh, Kiefer Sutherland Reese Witherspoon Freeway oh. um, as well, which is a really weird one. They they do really cool um, box art. Um, yeah. Like they do a really good job on them. And I don't mind paying, you know, the $35, $40 for them because they put tons of bonus features and the box art is usually really nice. Um, did you see Tammy and the T Rex? Uh, yeah. You let me borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Four for four. Yeah. There's another going. But yeah, I mean, other people find those and I find them. So, yeah, no, I mean, I would have no idea what Miami Connection was unless you didn't tell me. And like I said, when I was at Telluride Horror and she says, yeah, each movie is $20. Getting an Ultra HD um, for 20 bucks, that's three discs and has tons of bonus features. You know, even if it's not the best movie, but the thing is, it's having fun when you watch it. Oh, they do have it, but the slipcase one sold out. Mm. I have to get a boring plastic case. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to the archive. Nice. Yeah, let me know when you uh, go. We'll go both go. For sure. Uh next week we are recording Film Explosion twenty thirteen. Um so if you have a favorite film from twenty thirteen, make sure you send the list and we'll share it on the show. Which is funny that I scheduled it for next week when there's literally, I think, four or five movies coming out. <laughs> I saw that. I was yeah, like, good job, Ryan. I know. Well, we had to get it in. And I was like, uh, whatever. The day after Captain Marvel, it can't be that busy. There's literally a new Hunger Games, the new Disney animated movie, Thanksgiving. Um, I think there's one more, too. So great planning on my behalf. Rude. Yeah, well, we... Probably definitely, I think the week after that is pretty light, so we just bump one of those down. Oh, yeah, we'll do thanks- Thanksgiving. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't think Wish is actually coming out until like the 20, maybe the 21st or 22nd, because I think it comes out like the day or two before Thanksgiving. It doesn't actually come out on the weekend. Oh, I'm just gosh, going to yeah. do a special screening of it. Yeah, oh, I saw a trailer for it on the big screen finally, the animation, and it looks incredible. Yeah, next goal wins comes out in limited release. I don't want to see that, but since it's limited, it might be hard for us. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah trolls. Next goal wins. Hunger Games. Thanksgiving, and then the week after has the holdovers in wide release and Napoleon and Wish. So Napoleon looks awesome. We can push a lot of that. I think it's like trying a little too hard to be awesome. <laughs> like with the <laughs> uh, the trailer edit, <laughs> it just seems like. This isn't your yeah, but it's typical boring drama. A war epic, I'm down. That guy loves historical <laughs> epics. Like, we might have to sure does check in on that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but a lot of those, yeah, we can push all that stuff into December. Yeah, that'll be fine. Um, also, did you see? Did I on this podcast? I said I have a title for a movie horror movie called "It's a Wonderful Knife," right? I've said that um, before. Maybe I saw that at Telluride Horror. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, that was my title, and it's, it's someone else. A fun one. Someone else made it. I don't think you can own puns, Brad. Oh, I can, you... and I will. <laughs> <laughs> Just another instance of Hollywood listening to us and taking our ideas. Yeah, I'm gonna look up who this person is. This director, he's like, this uh, podcast. I... I met him at Telluride. He's a nice guy. Um, Fudge, what did he do? (laughs) 
his name is Hadley Bag or something. <laughs> I think he did a segment on VHS, is what he was saying. This is where I know him from. But yeah. Um, until we see you at the movies. Bye. Keep it real, nerds. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.